Hey everyone, this is Matt. And this is Greg, and this is Record Mashup. Today we got two songs for you. Uh, we have Right Said Fred with I'm Too Sexy. And then for Matt's song, what do you have for us? We're going to be doing Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. So this week's uh, episode's theme is One Hit Wonders. Artists yep, and these one-hit wonders have nothing to do with each other other than <laughs> really they're kind of a one-hit wonder. So They uh, are catchy songs, though. They are catchy, and that's why they were hits. That's right. So, so. so getting into we'll, it, uh, Matt, did you want to go first? Sure, yeah. Before we get start, started, uh, let's just remind our listeners, if, uh, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook or Twitter at Record Mashup. Please uh, give us a like or a follow. We try to stay engaged with our listeners as best we can. And social media is uh, one of the greatest ways that we can uh, do that. So, yeah. Greg, do you want to dive into I'm Too Sexy? Sure. So, getting into it, it is a song by Right Said Fred. It's a London-based band from the brothers Fred and Richard Fairbrass. If you look at their history, they actually have quite a few albums and songs, actually. But their first album and their first single, I'm Too Sexy, were, the, were their number one hits. Uh, charted in multiple countries, platinum and gold, and was very successful and was the first song since the Beatles to have their debut song uh, top the charts in the U.S. actually. So it did bring a lot of success for them. The first one since the Beatles. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, cool. so there's, there's a decent little gap there. The song came out in 1991 with their album actually coming out in 1992. Yeah, that's a pretty so, – I mean, you, you would dated. think that they're <laughs> – yeah, you'd think they're well, but even so, '91. I mean, the Beatles were were what '60s. Yeah. So you would think that there would have been someone. I mean, when did the Rolling Stones come out? Over it was the. Uh, let me find it again. So it was it was the first uh, debut single that okay popped the uh, the U.S. charts. Gotcha. Not necessarily okay. the first single to have done it so that makes sense okay i'm with you yep okay so getting into it just a little bit of background is uh the fairbrass brothers were actually running a gym when they kind of came out with this song so they saw that there's a lot of narcissism narcissism and posing going on and they started to just kind of make a joke out of it singing that I'm too sexy for my shirt and taking off the shirt and then recording it as a song basically and basing that as their main theme for the song. So going into it, he's too sexy for a lot of things. So just starting it off with he's too sexy for his love <laughs> and that love's going to leave him and then getting into the famous line, I'm too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. Um, <laughs> just kind of a ridiculous song in general it's kind of catchy extremely... definitely 
embodies early 90s music, I would say. Yeah. Uh, going into that. And then some of the inspiration for some of these things is later on in the song, he says, I'm a model. You know what I mean? So one of the brothers was actually dating a model at the time. And this was big into when the supermodel era was starting. So he's kind of commenting on that just kind of satirically, like kind of joking around about it. So go, going further into it, he's just he's just saying other things that he's too sexy for, just joking around, just kind of making it a lighter, lighter impression of things. So saying that he's too good for his car, basically, and like how awesome he is. Just going back to that theme of when they were just joking around about um, being in the gym and owning that gym, essentially. Yeah. It's. It's a Greg, very basic any... song. There's not too much to it. <laughs> it's it's uh, he's just too sexy for the song. I mean, what you know, that's the, yeah, I mean, the final too sexy. Three, it goes into I'm too <laughs> sexy for my cat. <laughs> so. But Greg, the real question is, are you too sexy for your cat? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. My wife pays attention to my cats a lot more than I do, but they're also both girl cats, so like. I'm not gonna compare my sexiness to my girl. <laughs> Happy belated birthday, by the way, for our listeners. Oh, thank you, know. thank you. Yeah, Greg. Greg uh, had a, a major milestone birthday. Yeah, just hit the big three zero. So, so I'm, I'm too sexy for birthdays. So yeah, you know. <laughs> I actually got some pretty good presents and everything from it too. Nice. That's awesome. There are uh, there are a couple of unique kind of side stories I think to this song. I don't know if you came across any of those um, in doing the research. Um, yeah, it was basically the <clears throat> sorry the uh, basis to the song from coming from the gym experience, just joking around that and the whole model thing, and then the rest of it just kind of flows together to be a catchy song. Talking about being too sexy for Mylan uh and new york and japan you mean too sexy for your party and disco dancing because disco dancing was a a thing of the past at that point yep did you have any other inputs matt yeah there's apparently the guitar riff that is in the song and i can't remember i can't remember where exactly it is in the song but it was based off of Jimi hendrix's uh, song yep, third, third stone, stone from, from the sun yeah and i don't actually know what the final outcome was i probably should have looked that up but apparently Jimi hendrix hendrix's estate threatened legal action against the band i did not re- see that actually yeah i i really should have looked up i i'm sure one of our listeners will know and they'll they'll tell us what happened but uh so i'm not really sure what the outcome was but in any event kind of a an interesting <laughs> side story if you will <laughs> yeah you wouldn't expect uh them to use Jimi hendrix i feel for this song and then get sued for it yeah well the song was apparently originally recorded as an indie rock song yeah and it wasn't until a radio plugger which is you know basically a more or less a dj mm-hmm. um suggested that they cut it as a dance track and that's the the version we all now know and 
I dare I say love. Uh, <laughs> but in any event, um, I think you, you said, you, know, you already said it hit you, number one in the U.S. It, it hit number one in five other countries as well. So it was a pretty popular song in its day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it somehow only peaked to number two on uh, UK, but yeah, um, even though they are from the UK, I figured it would have been a little bit more successful there. Yeah, I, it was more it, of a hit in the United States, but yep. number two is still pretty good. I'm not, I'm not knocking number two. Yep, but you know what's funny? I found there is a blender, which I don't even know what that is. I've never heard of it but they listed it as number 49 on their list of 50 worst songs. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that I mean, was kind of funny. I, I guess it really depends what you're saying. What, what is like a worst song? Is it something that's yeah. like a one hit wonder? Is that considered a worst song or like, I mean, it's kind of a catchy song. So if it's catchy, yeah. I wouldn't really say that's, top 50 worst songs i could i feel like there's 50 other songs i could probably put before this one i'm not saying yeah, it's a great song or a good song at all i just want to call it the top 50 worst yep well and the other thing that i found kind of side story if you will um apparently taylor swift's look what you made me do the uh the chorus from her song has been credited as being inspired from i'm too sexy Oh, that makes me upset. I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> no, you don't like you don't like T Swift. No, no, I'm probably like one of the few people in the world that doesn't. But nope, not a big fan. She just got a she just had a new album re- that was released what a week ago or so. Uh, At least from recently. the time we're recording this. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty recent from what she released. Yep, but. Aside from that, I guess the only other thing really to talk about, Greg, is why they were a one-hit wonder. So, going into it, I would consider it a one-hit wonder. I've never heard any of these other songs that they have, but they do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They do have eight albums, actually. Wow. The first one was the one that charted because it had the I'm Too Sexy song on it. Um, and that had another song that was actually number three in the UK number. It was a little bit lower in the U S 76. Um, but number two in Germany and a couple higher points in other places. And then they kind of fell off from there. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't necessarily say they're a one hit wonder depending on where you live, but in the United States closer to that one hit wonder since the only two songs that ever charted from them were I'm Too Sexy and their second single, Don't Talk, Just Kiss, but that was rated 76. So, yeah, I threw I, in one. I read an interesting article, and I, I, don't, I don't know if it's coming from an interview of one of, one of the Fairbase brothers or if it was someone's analysis. I, I don't recall. But they were making, or at least the artist, this article was making the case that that they took on this persona that they presented in this song because it was so big that because the song was kind of so ridiculous, I mean, yes, it was a hit, but it was, let's be real. It was a ridiculous song um, that 
once they got past that initial song that no one could see the band seriously, which is partially why they, they struggled at that point to, to ever have another major hit. Yeah, I can see how that um, definitely plays into it. Their persona, how they're marketed. They're just marketed then as like a joke band. Yeah. But I think anyone can really get out of that slump. And if you're a Right Set Fred fan that's out there and you love their music, good on you. Yeah, they still tour too, or at least perform. I don't know if they're on tour. Yeah. I saw some pretty recent live performances on YouTube. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. really I, deep into them to, <laughs> to really see how they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know why. I just, I when I'm on YouTube, I and I'm listening to music, I much prefer to listen to or watch live performances as opposed to just listen to the recording version. I watch a lot of music videos when I'm on YouTube. So even mm-hmm. if it's not like a live band performance, I still watch a lot of like the music videos, the songs and things like that. Sure. Um, yep. Well, you one, want to talk a little other, bit about... I'm sorry, I, go ahead. There was one more note that I'd like to throw in here to your comment about being one of the top 50 worst songs. Yeah. In 2011, it was rated uh, number two on VH1's 40 greatest one-hit wonders of the 90s. Okay. Number Wow, number two. That's pretty... I would not and have listed this voted, as the number two. <laughs> in 2007, it was voted number 80 as of the 100 greatest songs of the 90s. So kind of goes the opposite of that top 50 worst songs. <laughs> yeah. I, who knows? Who knows how these ratings work? I feel like, I feel like Very it's subjective. not. Yeah. I feel like if it's not like Billboard or Rolling Stone or something, I mean, heck, we could come up with our own list, Greg. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Maybe we should do that for one of these. Just top. It would be fun. Top worst, top top best. That'd be fun. Yeah. Let us know what you think in the comments, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> or email us and let us know what you think. We want to yeah. hear. Record mashup at gmail.com. Love to hear what your <laughs> thoughts are. All right. Uh, anyways, uh, you want to get into your song then? <laughs> has a little yeah. bit more depth to it than mine. Sure. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Spirit in the Sky. So this was a song that was written by Norman Greenbaum. It was actually it had two releases. It was released in uh, December of 1969 in the UK and then released in January of 1970 in the US. Was not released uh, on an album or anything. It was just a single that was released. But there's a pretty interesting story, Greg. I don't know if you saw this about how the song was written. So... Greenbaum was living in San Francisco at the time. And like anybody that's a writer, whether you're a songwriter or a creative writer that writes novels, whatever, you know, everybody that's a writer collects various bits and pieces from experiences in their lives. Um, He had came across a greeting card of all things that had some American Indians sitting around a fire with the word spirit in the sky written on the card. So that's where he got the idea for the name. And then one evening he's watching an episode uh, of the Porter Wagner show. Uh, For those that don't know, Porter Wagner was a a country star way back in the day, had his own television show. It's really where Dolly Parton got her start to her career. 
So anyway, so he's watching the Porter Wagner show and Porter starts singing this song about a preacher and just there was something that clicked in Greenbaum's mind and he just, he said, I'm going to write a song about a preacher and the, the, the word spirit in the sky from that greeting card he saw kind of popped into his head and supposedly he wrote the lyrics to the song within 15 minutes, which is pretty cool. That's pretty quick to write a song. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but he did say that it took him quite a while, several weeks or months to, to come up with a tune to the song. But nonetheless, once, once he got it, it's got a pretty unique sound to it. It's a huge hit. Even to this day, it's one of the mm-hmm. most played songs, which is pretty remarkable. But the song itself is fairly straightforward. He's talking about when he dies and they lay him to rest, that he's going to go up to the spirit in the sky, which obviously he's referring to to going to heaven and how he's got to be friends with Jesus so that he can get into heaven or go to become a spirit in the sky. Which I find funny or kind of ironic since, uh, since he's Jewish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, he is. He is Jewish, although he does say he doesn't know he no longer practices. But but. And that's that's why this actually one of the later lines became a little bit controversial among Christians. He says later that he's never been a sinner and he's never sinned. Well. That's controversial, because if if anywhere Christians that most Christians believe that everyone is actually born a sinner. And of course, everyone's going to sin in their lives. So yeah, the fact that he's saying he's never been a sinner and he's never sinned. But what's interesting is he's, he's talked about this line and, and he just openly acknowledges, look, I'm, I wasn't a Christian. I'm not a Christian. I didn't know anything about Christianity when I wrote the song. And he just says it was a mistake. You know, he was, he wrote the words that came to him and that was that. And, so, you know. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm I'm looking at uh genius.com if for any of you who haven't ever been there, it's a website that analyze where users can just go and put their opinions on what lyrics meant for a song. I uh, got this one user who said it may also refer to the belief regarding the ultimate sacrifice that was made. So, having a friend in Jesus means that your sins are going to be re- removed. Mm. Uh, and therefore you're not going to be a sinner. So that's someone else's take on it too. Yeah. Interesting. It's uh certainly that's, I think that's certainly a more, um, a, a more optimistic take, I guess, on, on the yeah. lyrics. Less controversial. <laughs> yes. I actually kind of like that ver- that that analogy or not analogy, but that interpretation a little better. I think. I, I really just like seeing anyone else's interpretations of it of music in general, and that's I mean yeah. that's kind of why I like doing this, just hearing your opinion on it, um, and then when we get viewers who will uh, comment or send in emails, we can get their opinion on it. So shoot shoot us your opinions also. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree, Greg. It's, it's kind of fun to talk about these things too. And, and it's, it's been, it's been fun uh, 
to to talk with friends and family members that have listened to our episode and and they say you're crazy i've never thought of it that way or <laughs> but but it's fun i think i think it's good and you know uh yeah that's a that's a really interesting interpretation on that lyric that i i did not see but you know i really like this song i it's been it's been in over i don't know if you saw this greg it's been in over 30 commercials in over 60 movies since 1987 so pre-1987 it wasn't anything it kind you know sure it was a hit when it was released it hit number three in the u.s and hit number one in five other countries including australia canada germany ireland and the uk but it never hit number one in the U.S. But then in 1986, I believe it was, there was a second band that recorded the song, Doctor and the Medics. And that, their version hit number one in the U.K., which kind of started this resurgence of the song. And that's when it started getting picked up in all these commercials and movies, including Apollo 13. Guardians of the Galaxy and Ocean's Eleven. So it's been in some pretty big movies. Apollo 13, I think, is probably the one that I recall the most. There's that scene where they're they're in the lunar module. If you've seen the movie, yeah. you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but and they're they've got the little radio that's kind of floating in space, and that's the song that's playing. So very uh, just that 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 scene is is stuck in my mind. But yeah, and on the lower end of that, there's a quote from him talking about the song, and he's saying that he, he got letters from funeral directors telling him that's the second most requested song. I saw that. Funerals. <laughs> yep. yep. And it's also played in, uh, apparently it's uh, sung in many churches these days. So clearly he's kind of, you know, been able to, to get past that controversial line, and it doesn't seem to be holding him back. Yeah from a from a religious perspective so pretty Just cool in that regard how you interpret it yep exactly so yeah so so i guess the only other thing really with this song is obviously it was a one-hit wonder Greenbaum did release the song and he tried to release a few other songs after he recorded this one but nothing that really took off or really kind of had any substance to it. Nothing that really charted beyond, I think. I think he did have one song that charted at number 44 or something, or 46, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But nothing too major, nothing that really made a dent, so to speak. And it was actually before 1987 when Doctor and the Medics re-recorded it, he had become a cook in California. He started working at a burger shop. Worked his way up to a sous chef in a restaurant. But since 1987, he's obviously with the song's resurgence, and he does still own half the publishing rights to the song. So he's he's been able to make a have a little bit of a payday on the song since then and yeah. has done okay for himself. But it's a, it's, a, it's a good song. I like it. Yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, I've had a lot of time playing it on Rock Band. Yeah, pretty sure yep. that's the game it was on. It was their rock band or Guitar Hero, forget which one. But had, think, had a lot of fun band. playing that song. It's really fun to play on that. I can't really play guitar, so I result to video games because I like those. <laughs> it's okay. I got the Beatles rock band. 
uh yeah so that's that's pretty much it um not a lot of similarities in these songs greg yeah there's zero similarities yeah right said fred was too sexy for norman greenbaum at the time yeah (laughs) it's my terrible humor i'm sorry guys if you guys (laughs) want to stop listening to us now for that terrible joke go ahead i think we just lost half our listener base (laughs) half of our 10 viewers yeah. <laughs> hey, we're growing. We're growing. Tell your friends yeah. about this, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think there's too much more to say about the songs. We just kind of wanted to keep it a uh, a lighthearted week based on the last the last episode we had that was a little bit more heavy, so we figured we'd take something a little bit lighter so you can outweigh that and not just have depressing week after depressing week <laughs> <laughs> well hey greg so we got that that lightheartedness now so so next week we can kind of float up into the sky you yeah. want to not do you want to talk a little bit about what what we're going to talk about next week what's our theme yeah so so our theme is going to be airplanes so the song i have is airplanes by uh bob also known as bobby ray uh, he's a rapper. Um, well, I'm going to be focusing on Airplanes Part 1, so it's just going to be his. I know a lot of people have heard the other version of it that has Eminem in it, but I, w- I just wanted to focus on B.O.B. himself, not have Eminem overshadowing him. So no, that sounds that's good. my song. And then I'm going to take on the Steve Miller Band's Jet Airliner, which is a good song. And And part of the reason we're if we can hit our target uh, uh, release date, which would be August 19th, that will be National Aviation Day, which is you know celebrating aviation and the history of aviation. So we thought talking about planes and songs about planes would be an appropriate fit. Definitely. So. Yeah, so Great. if everyone, if you haven't already checked us out, you can check us out on Facebook under Record Mashup. We also have a Twitter and you can catch us on YouTube as well. And any podcast uh, website or any, anything that has podcasts on it. So Apple, Google play, Castbox, check us out on there. Let us know what you think. Drop us a comment on any of those pages or send us an email at recordmashup at gmail.com. You can catch it on the uh, top or bottom ban- banner for what we're offering. Yeah. And with that, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.